Welcome to a special parent series, an offshoot of the Success is Subjective podcast, still brought to you by the collegealternative.org website, presented by Lilly Consulting, and I'm still your host, Joanna Lilly. As with the evolution of any podcast, I was hearing from more and more parents about how they wish that they could share their story, how they'd wish that they'd known others were going through similar experiences, how they'd wish they'd known it was okay for their child to get help earlier, or how they'd wish they'd even known that therapeutic consultants existed. That's how this special series came to be. Each month, I'll be releasing anonymous parent interviews as they briefly share their emotions, talk through their biggest fears, and impart a piece of advice for other parents out there that may have a struggling adolescent or young adult. This special series feels liberating and instills hope. Without even broaching the topic of success, we are inherently talking about the shifts in what success looks like through the eyes of a parent whose child is struggling with their mental health or substance use. It almost doesn't need to be said, but of course I'm going to say it anyways. Success for each of these parents and their child is subjective. This next episode is with parents from Colorado whose son showed tremendous academic promise as a child, but later was affected by an ADHD diagnosis and a variety of anxiety issues that began to translate into feelings of depression. A string of challenges, including flunking out of college, difficulty getting a fulfilling job, and a couple of relationship failures led to substance abuse and thoughts of self-harm. His desire to quote-unquote fix himself allowed for exploring a range of treatments, including wilderness therapy, extended treatment facilities, and an evidence-based treatment program that focused on diagnosis as a prerequisite to treatment. In this interview, these parents share their thoughts and feelings about their journey, and we hope the conversation helps provide perspective to parents dealing with similar challenges. So let's dive in. All right, first question. If you could describe the feelings that you felt when your young adult was struggling or kind of made a decision that surprised you, um, can you share that with me now? Yeah, so um, the way we've sort of thought through this and talked about this, at least the way I think of it, is that there's a lengthy period of time where our son uh, was dealing with some struggles, some challenges, um, maybe from the middle of high school into you know his early 20s. Um, and so that entire period presented uh, a range of struggles, if you will. Some of them pretty minor, early stage stuff where we got to see uh, maybe some anxiety about what might otherwise be low-key problems that every adolescent has to deal with, uh, all the way up to severe responses and, and, you know, really, really strong signs of anxiety that resulted in, you know, the pinnacle of, of struggles, right? We're talking uh, self-harm and, and thoughts of suicide and so forth. So the way, the way I think about all this uh, is all of these things, once, once we understood what they were, once we understood that these aren't sort of, you know, regular, everyday adolescent responses or, or, you know, normal 
uh, sorry, sorry for using that word, but normal reactions to regular situations. Once we kind of crossed over that line, we almost matched the anxiety he had. Uh, so our response and our reaction, which I think is what you're what you're looking for here in this question, was you know a lot of concern and a lot of worry about those heightened anxiety anxiety moments and his heightened anxiety responses to those kinds of situations. Not that it manifested itself the same way for us. We we didn't panic. We didn't you know freak out, and certainly we didn't have thoughts of self harm. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying that that our response was more or less proportional to his response in every, in every one of these kinds of situations. And and candidly, I think we probably weren't aware of some of this stuff early on and probably had no response um, or no meaningful response early on when we just thought we were dealing with normal kid stuff, adolescent stuff. Well, and I think there was fear there. Once we figured out what was going on, there's fear. Um, I think, of course, there's the worry, you know, like what what is he going to do? What's going to happen? And then sometimes I think there's also relief, like when you know, maybe he finally decided to say, I'm going to participate in a program. There's like, okay, relief. And now he's in a program, he's safe. Like it kind of gave us a time when we could almost have a breather, you know, like we didn't have to worry about him, you know, day and night. So I feel like it had a wide range of emotions, everything from, you know, anxiety to fear to relief and almost a comfort, you know, when he was somewhere where we knew he was safe, it was like a huge comfort for us and we didn't have to worry anymore. Yeah. Well, and, and having heard all of that, right, the range of the emotions, you also hit on that piece of fear, which is pretty common for a lot of families that I work with. You know, what was the biggest fear for you during this time? I think the biggest fear was him potentially taking his life that, you know, he did have suicide ideation and, you know, if we didn't hear from him, it's like, you know, are we not hearing from him because, you know, he just doesn't want to talk or did something happen and we just don't know about it yet. So I think it was taking his life was the biggest fear. Yeah. And there were times when we weren't in the same area geographically. And so you're helpless. Um, so at the peak of those, those times, the peak, you know, struggling, if you will, resulted in the peak anxiety for us, as she's saying, the, the fear, the peak fear, if you will. And that happened, uh, you know, coincident with, you know, thoughts of suicide and, and self-harm and, and things of that nature. And that is intense, obviously, and, and extremely difficult to, to process and to deal with. Hence the relief, uh, you know, once once your kid's in a safe place, is just this extraordinary relief that goes with that. So I always like to ask this question just because ev- who families lean on in this really vulnerable and, and tense time? Um, so my question to you is who did you, as a, a parenting unit, lean on for support? Yeah, well, we, we leaned on professionals. We leaned on people like you and probably had uh, expectations that were unrealistic, but we certainly 
help. Yeah, <laughs> help us, we, we leaned on, uh, you know, the community of, of professionals in the space, whether that's a, a doctor, a therapist, or somebody just assisting in, in managing the problem. We leaned on other parents who had been through similar types of stuff, which I think at certain times was extremely helpful. Uh, there was one uh, very salient event that, that I remember through this process when we thought we were having some really difficult times with our son. We went to this meeting uh, where this individual with expertise in, in this space um, came and addressed a group of people in, in Denver, Colorado. And I don't know, there were maybe seven or eight families there. And we, the very first thing we did is we went around a room talking about our challenges with our children or, or with our loved ones. Some of these uh, folks were just couples like us. And some of them were, you know, extended families. Like there was one group that had the two parents, two grandparents, and I think maybe a sibling that was present. So there were these, you know, broader family units that were all in this conversation. And we went around the room and maybe we were fourth or something, fourth or fifth of seven or eight uh, families that spoke. And by the time it came around to us, we realized we do not have it that bad. You know, we, we're super anxious. We're super worried, maybe all legitimately, but there are some folks out there with some very serious challenges. And that was, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but that was very helpful to help to gain perspective, to understand really where we were in this whole process and, and what we were dealing with, com especially compared to others. So I think that was a significant, you know, type of uh, engagement and, and a set of conversations where you could really get help directly or indirectly from others who, who are dealing with the same set of challenges or, or at least similar challenges. Yeah, and I think, you know, we also relied on our um, our families. You know, maybe they don't have the professional um, advice, but they were definitely there for us so that we could at least talk about what's going on. And I think just talking about it gets it off your chest a little bit. And then for them just to verbalize, we will do whatever we need to do, you know, to help um, your son or, you know, our grandson, whatever. And um, we're there for you, we're there for him, and we will participate in any way that's necessary. And I think also just even friends, kind of the same situation too. Like you start talking to friends and you realize, oh, well, they've had some challenges too. Maybe not the same challenges, but you just find out you're not the only one in the boat. And there are other people out there that are going through the same thing. And I, I think especially like this day and age, you see a lot more of that than when we were growing up. Like we were like, how's this happening? But you, it's hot happening to a lot of people right now. Well, I think you just raised a really good point, which is that it's so easy to feel like you're alone in this process. And so it sounds like you had some really, like a, a, a pretty wide swath of different supports that you leaned on. So I think that kind of actually transitions into the next question that I'm going to ask, which is if you could give any piece of advice to a parent who might be having similar challenges that you had to work through, what advice would you give them? Well, with respect to the connection to the previous topic, you know, the, the connection there is, is pretty clear. Being open and transparent and, you know, moving beyond whatever stigma there may be for talking about mental health issues and so forth is a huge, super important thing. It just is. 
really fundamental to the whole thing. The, the, the most important piece of advice I would offer to anyone that, that I feel that we've, we've learned through this whole multi-year experience with our son is the importance of understanding as close as is possible to, you know, to reality, the, the situation that they're going through. In other words, accurately diagnosing what that young person is dealing with. And, and the reason why I'd say that's so important is that almost anything you do, any of the time or, or money that you end up investing in their care, well, first of all, it can be completely wasted if you're aiming it at the wrong target. And second, and this is our experience, if it's aimed correctly, it has a significant impact, po positive impact, when you really understand what that person is dealing with. And it's super difficult to do this. I'm giving this advice as if it's something someone just has to put on a list somewhere and then check off. It's not like that. This, you, you do have to get lucky. You do have to be conscious of this all the time and thinking about what's the real underlying issue that this person is dealing with. Is it a particular personality disorder? Is there some addiction issue? Is there, you know, all of these different things could manifest themselves. If you're not dealing with the right thing, you are almost by definition inefficiently trying to work through it. So whether it's, uh, you know, wilderness therapy or some other type of inpatient program or whatever it might end up being, if that individual is, is going through that process without knowing what they're trying to work on, it, it may not have the, the positive effect. So that would be the, the biggest thing to focus on is figuring out what's really going on and diagnosing it correctly so that the proper treatment can be given. That's, and frankly, that was the, the turning point for us in terms of, you know, having our son get better or at least have the opportunity to get better was when we finally got to a place where we had sufficient understanding obviously not total understanding that may never happen, but sufficient understanding to actually address the real issues in, in a way that professionals recommend. I think the most important thing is really um, trying to get beyond being embarrassed about your situation and that this is okay. And, and to be as open as you can with the people you feel comfortable with. And you'll, you know, I think you're surprised at how people really try to embrace you. And it, it just gives you that much more confidence. And I do, we, we got to figure out a way to get rid of the stigma of mental health problems. And um, we, we just got to keep moving forward together. So I, I think the more that you're open, the more support you'll get and the more confidence you'll have and the better you'll feel. Well, thank you both for being open to sharing a part of your journey and some advice, Sue, to uh, some of the parents that are listening to this that might feel like they're, you know, out on that boat alone or on their own island or are kind of right on the cusp of finally taking the leap to share the struggles that they're dealing with with others. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank the parents for joining me on this week and for being willing to share their journey. 
It's raw, vulnerable, and takes some serious courage to be willing to put their voice out there into the podcast universe. Stay tuned for the next episode in this special parent series where you can bet it'll be another family sharing their personal story of adversity, acceptance, and peace. You might have noticed that there's no contact information in the show notes for this special parent series, but if you're interested in getting connected to the parent on a particular podcast episode, please email me, Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, at successissubjective.org. If you are a parent who's interested in being a guest on the podcast, also email me at joanna at successissubjective.org. I will be remiss if I didn't tell you to check out the collegealternative.org and lilyconsulting.com websites for additional resources outside of podcasting. If you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review. You can also download to listen to the Success is Subjective podcast on any other popular podcast apps such as Amazon, Audible, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And last but not least... Success is Subjective is listener-supported, made possible by me and you. You can show support for the continuation of this podcast by donating on the successissubjective.org website. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it. Do you have a teenager or young adult who seems to have lost their way? Maybe they need help navigating adolescence, adulthood, and decisions surrounding higher education. Or maybe they have become withdrawn, their grades are slipping, or they are flat out living a reckless lifestyle, and you're concerned about their health and well-being. If this describes what your teen or young adult is facing, a therapeutic consultant may be able to help. Mental health, addiction recovery, and higher education can all be equally expensive. While information is everywhere, how do you know what option is the best one for your family? Some parents have the time to research and navigate this on their own. Some don't. If the latter applies to you, enter Therapeutic Consultants. Therapeutic Consultants, like Joanna, listen to your family's specific needs and advocate on behalf of your loved one. TCs will research therapeutic resources, recommend treatment programs, and assist during adulthood transitions. Not being affiliated with any program, their support is completely objective and catered toward the best interest of each unique family. To find a qualified therapeutic consultant to work with, check out TCA, also known as the Therapeutic Consulting Association. Their website is therapeuticconsulting.org, all one word. Again, that's therapeuticconsulting.org. Then click the Find a Pro tab up at the top.